on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, May 18th, LA Galaxy coming off of a... 2-0 loss to Columbus, and hey, surprise, surprise, the worst team in Major League Soccer. I don't know, if you didn't want to hear that, I guess maybe I should have made it a little softer for you, but I feel like everybody deserves to see where that's at and understand where the Gala Galaxy are at. Getting ready to head off to D.C. and play them on Saturday before coming home and playing on Tuesday uh, at uh, BMO Stadium there against LAFC for U.S. Open Cup. So a lot of games rapid fire, a little rotated lineup in Columbus, a lot of things to get to, a lot of things to talk about to help me do that. We're glad to have them back. It's Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Beer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Going all right. You know, Galaxy on a road trip. I'm on a road trip. Technical difficulties, bottom of the league. You know, we're, we're, we're dealing with everything that's being thrown our way. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I want to warn everybody right now. Um, I'm single parenting it for this entire weekend, including Monday night's show as well. Let's keep our fingers crossed that everything happens uh, the correct way there. But um, I think there's zero chance, as in zero chance, of us not being interrupted tonight by the young Mr. Guessman, uh, who has decided that he's going to put his pillow right outside my door uh, and sleep there uh, for the night. So um, just be prepared. Um, at one point, Eric, I may just be like, turn the camera over to you, hit mute, and then I'll be gone for 20, yeah. 20 30 minutes. You just hand, handle the show, you know, yeah. solo. I might as much just as take this. Hey, I'll pick up. I'll pick up the laptop. We'll take a tour of the Central Valley. It'll be. <laughs> Be a fun time over here. But, you know, this is a good sign to you as a dad. He wants to be close by, feel safe around you. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that they want to be outside the door. Anybody who has kids, though, understands that whenever mom was here, he literally, whenever I came home today, and I knew he was a little sensitive because mom was leaving and all that stuff, he Mm -hmm. looked at me and he says, do not look at me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, we're in, we're in one of those, one of those. And then as soon as mom leaves, now, now I'm his favorite person. So it's yeah, you're the, hierarchy, you know? Fair enough. Okay, good deal. Uh, LA Gal- yeah, exactly. Uh, LA Galaxy 2-0 uh, losers to Columbus in a game. I don't, it, it wasn't even interesting in, in terms of a neutral. I think it was actually probably a pretty boring game. Everything happened in the first half. Uh, the LA Galaxy started a rotated lineup. Greg Vanny trying to give some guys some rest. Understandable how they played, not so understandable. And if we look at the LA Galaxy and their results in that first half, um, that's what did it. That's what killed them. Um, you can look at the XG in that. And as a matter of fact, just look at the number of shots that were taken in that game in the first half. There were two taken by the LA Galaxy in the first half. Now, 
clarify that the best chance the LA Galaxy had was Raheem Edwards uh, whenever he was played in on goal in that first half. Now, he missed that sh- that shot. Had that ball gone in, uh, I'm fairly certain that it would have been waved offside. They waved it offside, but I'm fairly certain that on review that would have stood up because they showed the replay and he looked very much onside. So, well, can can we have that conversation also? Because we used to kind of bash uh, when they were we had our Fox Sports games. They didn't quite, or even on Spectrum, they didn't quite have the camera angles. It seemed like the replays weren't there. So even when you had VAR implementation, it didn't seem like, you know you'd had good, uh, you know, <laughs> camera angles or whatever it was to make it work. It, it feels like from the games that I've been watching, Apple doesn't seem to cut to a lot of replays or their lines don't seem to be up. And I don't know if just we haven't been in enough of those situations to where there hasn't been, you know, a glaring error, but it, it just feels like that might be something that comes back to bite us. If the, the camera angles aren't there, the coverage aren't there because the right. angle that they had was way behind the play. And I, it looked on to me, but uh, but again, who knows what angles they would have been able to pull up to see if he was on or he was off. But yeah, I thought that was one of the better chances. A, a lot a lot of grief being given to Edwards because for not dishing off dishing it off to Jovalich. But I, I when you're one on one with the keeper, you're a professional soccer player. Your job is to put the ball in the back of the net. So I don't fault him for for taking the shot on goal. I think Chicharito would have taken the shot on goal if Dayon were on the other <laughs> end of that. He would have taken the shot on goal. So it is what it is. You know, it's one of those if. Uh, my grandma had wheels. She'd, she'd be a bicycle type of thing. Yes, absolutely. It is, well, yeah. My grandma yeah, had we'll wheels. We'll see if this comes back to bite us. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. Um, I've been critical of Apple. Now, Now I know they've gone to, to some pretty good production crews in a lot of ways where um, these are production crews that are supposed to know soccer and supposed to know how these things work. Um, I find that most of the time it's extremely lacking in soccer knowledge. That There was a play, I think either Jovalich went down in the box, um, maybe it was Chicharito whenever he came in, um, what, you know, that he went down in the box. However, that was somebody got, there was almost contact. And then unfortunately there wasn't a stoppage of play. So you didn't get an immediate replay. Usually you hold those replays for whenever there's a stoppage and you can take a look. We never got to take a look at it. Um, there was the out a tackle, right? Which Greg Vanny talked about afterwards. In fact, uh, said something to me after the, after the game, the out a tackle, which if you look at that and you watch the replays of it and it was quick, they didn't show a bunch of replays on it. But if you watch replays, that looks like a clear red card. Right. And yeah, that, was, that wasn't called. Right. But, but even then, it feels like the replays were quick. They weren't like, let's keep looking at this because this is something that was missed. And is it crazy to think that if you look at a replay more than once, like on the main TV, that sometimes that might signal VAR to like look at it? and actually pay attention to it. Like I know they're looking at a different feed, although they do have the broadcast feed, but it feels like there's momentum behind that to be like, this is something that probably is borderline and you need to take a look at. Um, that, I, th- that, I, yeah. I think it is part of the narrative. I think that's, and that's the job of the broadcast crew and the production team as well as, Hey, if this is a missed call, then that's the part of the story of the game. You need to go back and revisit it. And I think when you look at that tackle, it was a, a pretty horrendous tackle. And I think they're just fortunate that there wasn't enough, kind of power behind it for it to seriously injure out I think that's probably the only reason that it wasn't given a red card is because there wasn't the violent conduct behind it but that doesn't that doesn't make it not a red card it was still so far high up on the knee and with the studs up it's a pretty clear red card just because he didn't break his leg not to give it a red that that seems a little bit out of control but I think the broadcast team does have some responsibility to say you know I wish we could see a replay of that because that looked to be a red to me or or whatever it is. And it just seemed like that. It just wasn't part of a conversation. It's like, oh, he got tackled. It was a yellow card. We move on. Yeah. You know, let's not talk about it again. And, and so 
I think the yeah the broad, the broadcast team definitely has some responsibility there. Yeah, those uh, Mark Rogandino and Heath Pierce were on the call for uh, this particular one, um, so they were covering that. the The lineup was uh, was interesting, although I don't think unexpected. Maybe the players that were selected are are unexpected. Um, with Zavaleta coming in, but remember, there's no Mavinga, there's no there's no um, uh, Sega Koulibaly, so you have both of those injuries. Uh, Eric Zavaleta is the only center back that really you can rotate in at this point. Uh, for Kranis is is I think off with U20s. Um, Mauricio Cuevas actually came back from U20s injured, so that's nice that that we we know that. So so that's not going to happen. Um, so you knew it was if they were going to rotate and rotating Caceres is is probably the correct thing to do. The man is is older. Mm-hmm. He's put a lot of miles on there. Um, then it was going to be Eric Zavaleta. Uh, we'll talk about him being the captain in a second because I know everybody just is like beating their head against the wall. But how could he possibly be captain? And we'll we'll discuss that. Uh, Daniel. Gary, Efrain Alvarez, Uri Rossell. Um, so Uri in the center and then uh, Raheem Edwards at that left side. So really, when you look at it um, and, and and again, not day on day on up top, but as a single striker, uh, Ricky Pooj back in the center, that type of thing. Um, but I just want to Eric, what did you what did you think of this particular lineup while I go answer my son who's yelling at me? Um, like you said, not surprising. We knew with the game coming up on the weekend and how they were coming off of an open cup game or sorry, not an open cup game, but it was because it was midweek that they, you were naturally going to see some rotation. Um, just, you know, like you said, Zavaleta gets a lot of flack from the fan base. I think just, you saw the mistake, uh, on the first goal that it led to it. So of course, but when you look at the options, you look down the bench and it just doesn't feel like we have the depth there. So it, it felt a little bit lacking. Um, as the game was unfolding in the first half, um, I mentioned last year a bunch that the Galaxy were a counterattacking team who's cosplaying as a possession team. Uh, this in this particular game, Columbus was holding the majority of possession, so this was the perfect opportunity for someone like Edwards, who was now kind of relieved of his responsibility to defend by playing as a wing, and then Efren Alvarez, who has not seen a lot of minutes. It was a perfect opportunity for them to say, okay, we're going to be quick on the counter, we're going to be quick on the transition, and this is their opportunity to, to kind of shine and make themselves you know, available and they just, they could not stop themselves from slamming it into, you know, defenders shins. It just seemed like every time they would get close, like this could be a counter, this could be a run. And it was just the wrong pass every single time. So I, I go back to what I mentioned almost in the preseason that I, I don't think we have the depth that we don't have the horses to, to squad rotate. And so if you look at it this early in the season, you think about the additions that we're unable to make in the summer what are we going to do if we do make the playoffs? And that's a whole nother conversation down the line. The opening series is a best of three series. Right. So you're going to play, you know, two or three games within a week. And if you can't rotate your squad or the players that you need to call upon in your depth, just don't have it. Then, you know, where is that going to ultimately lead us? So for the, for the client out crowd who, <laughs> you know, is, is saying that maybe the, the, the benchmark of getting to the next round advancing in the playoffs is almost too easy of a goal. I personally, I, I don't see that happening. So we're going all in for our 2024 LA Galaxy. Just keep circling back to that theme over and over. The more, the further we get along in this, I feel like I keep circling back to this year, just being a year that we need to throw in the garbage. It's, I mean, again, and I understand the view. You're what? You're five points out of a playoff position right now. I mean, it's really <laughs> that, hard to say that you absolutely have to throw this away. Um, and by the way, there's no, everybody's like fire cell sale. Everybody, there's no, there's no benefit to doing that. So that's not going to yeah. happen. Right. So Correct. <laughs> you, there's, there's, there's nothing else to do, but try to win. That's it. 
There's, I mean, every, I know everybody, there's no tanking in Major League Soccer. Well, there's none of that. You go out and you try to win. That's it. That's all you try to do. Well, when, let me clarify that statement. I, I, this is not to say that the, the LA Galaxy as an organization should throw this season away. Obviously, Vanny has a lot to play for. There's players who have a lot to prove. But from like a fan perspective, in terms of getting up for these games, getting emotional, like, is this the year that we can finally make a run? It, it, you know, I saw several people mentioning, you know, uh, you know, after the game on social media, like, you know, it's really hard to get excited about the LA Galaxy team this year with the situations they have going on with the front office and then the results that they're putting out on the field. It just feels like this is not a year that we do, I feel fully invested from a fan perspective. That's yeah. that's kind of what I'm saying. Throw it all away for next year. But you're right in the standings. And we'll go to that when we get to the standing as well. Two wins, you know, six points. You're back in there. A couple teams drop it, and you're 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 in the conversation. So, and maybe they do get hot at the very end. You know, I'm I'm, I'm famous for saying don't peak at the right time. They're definitely not peaking now. So maybe they're <laughs> saving the, those peaks for August and September. They are anti-peaking. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're 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 really you know like when you they're jump in the trough. when you jump and you want to get really really like you really want to jump up high right you you bend your knees as far low as you can to really generate that's what's happening the galaxy are just they're like there you go. they're just bending their knees a lot yeah. or something I don't know um, <laughs> it's like those little you remember those little suction ball like a little half dome uh-huh. cups you used to get in the quarter machine yep. and you'd flip it and like, then right now it's flipped yep. we haven't popped yet we yeah. haven't popped You're right now for we're it. just flipping it inside out yeah yeah. Um, you know, I, it, it's interesting. A commercial underground could give the youth more minutes. Yeah, that's what that's what these guys deserve. More minutes after what's wa- happening after mm-hmm. after watching what happened in that game. That's what everybody. Every, you know what? Give everybody more minutes. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't have a problem with the lineup. I understood where they were going with it, which was let's keep this game zero zero. Let's get into the second half, and then we're going to move some guys in. I asked Greg about it specifically um, after the game, which was. Hey, so how many of that was reaction to the poor first half, you know, whenever you change at halftime and how many how much of that was you had a plan to bring guys in? And he he said, you know, it's a little bit of both. And so um, he talked about, uh, you know, Uri Russell not being the guy to be able to cover so much space. And bottom line is that what Alvarez tucked up so high and Raheem Edwards tucked up so high that Russell was left in tons of space. And then you're asking, you know, guys like Daniel Aguirre to try to cover a lot of space, too. Those guys are not the guys that you're, you're trying to cover space. So the game plan uh, I imagine was to stay compact, to stay compact and make Columbus try to play through you. What happened instead was guys going all over the place. Raheem Edwards crashing up above um, the the worst play, obviously, was the first goal, which was on a corner kick and guys were coming back and it was a transition play. But to watch Eric Zavaleta pull himself out of the center and go up above the half line on an attacking play to watch Efrain Alvarez stand in front of somebody and just basically be like, just pass it. I'm not going to tackle you. Um, the whole deal. And then to watch Caligari look over his shoulder, see that he was, uh, you know, ahead of Neil and ahead of Alde and then watch, you know, uh, Zeller and r- r- just run right by him. It, he was gone. Like yeah. there was no chance. Him. And, and, and uh, Greg talked about it. Eric Zavaleta talked about it after the game, but it was like, Eric needs to foul there. Right. And, yeah, and he tried to foul. And if that, that's a, that's a perfect example of like halfway doesn't get you there. Either tackle him fully, like bring him down American football tackle, right? You know, yeah. tug him by the shirt, yeah. or or you need to run and get in position. And he did neither. He didn't run back to position, and he didn't do the professional foul at midfield. That would have very easily been a happy yellow card to take at midfield there, and it was just it was the wrong decision on both ends. I, I will say this: um, I think there's a lot of 
a lot of misconception about Eric Zavaleta and his role within the team. Um, I, I know everybody just wants to scream nepotism and all this stuff. I think stuff that's and, fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, it's like, okay, that's fine. But here's the deal. Uh, he's highly respected in the locker room. All right. You want, I, I know people don't believe that. That's fine. You don't have to believe me. I talk to guys. I ask them. He's highly respected in the locker room. Do you remember whenever Dayon was running to the stands? Uh, after he got subbed off and he was just clapping and he was running, he was running to the locker room. He wasn't going to stop. Uh, there were two guys who stopped him: Raheem Edwards and Eric Zavaleta were the guys who did that. Eric Zavaleta is a leader in that locker room. You may not like to think about it, but that is that is absolutely the way that it is. So uh, I don't think any of the players had a problem with him being captain. Just most of the fans had a problem with him being captain. Uh, that was not. I, I don't think that had anything to do with anything. I don't think anybody's upset about it. I think everybody's fine about it. I think everybody's upset about the about losing. Um, I don't think yeah. they were upset that Eric Zavaleta got the captaincy, but if you want to make it about that, go ahead. It's just, that's not, I, I would just say that's an outside perception and not an inside perception. We actually have somebody, uh, Alex in our discord, and I don't know if Alex is in here. I haven't seen him, um, in, in the chat room as well. Alex sits behind the bench and he listens to Zavaleta and he goes, he's basically like another coach. Remember we said the same thing about Sasha question and that type of thing. Now Sasha gets a lot more respect for being a much higher level player, uh, with that. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that Eric Zavaleta is a good player because I don't think he is, right? But when you're asking about him wearing the captain's armband, just, again, you're not privy to most of the stuff that happens on this team. Just remember that. We only get to see it out on the field. Um, so, it, this I don't know that this even needs to be explained, but we'll say it out loud. The captain doesn't have to be the best player on the field. It's the person who's going to lead you know, lead the team or, or have conversations with the referee and kind of kind of guide the conversation and and be that person who the, the players defer to when it comes to those situations. So it, I understand that perspective and the other piece of it, and I don't know if this was part of the discussion that happened in the post-game press conference as well, I believe most of the time when captain selection happened, it's a player vote. It's not you know, the, the coach dubbing it. I know the optics of Danny's right. nephew getting the captain's armband when you have guys like Jonathan Bond, uh, you know, and, and uh, Ricky you know, Pooch, Delgado, maybe, who've but maybe been... Yeah, Delgado, Pooch, yep. Who, but, um, you know, so so I understand the, the optics of it, but if, from what you're explaining and from what we're kind of hearing the, the background on is that Zavaleta is kind of the big brother in that locker room, so he gets to start, he gets the captaincy. And I, I don't have an issue with it. I have an issue with the... the the play right the absolutely yeah but that's a different conversation yeah it's to- totally fair by the way Jalen Neal gets burned one-on-one there and you know that listen anytime you get one-to-one right you've already failed as a defender as a defense you are already in trouble uh to see where Jalen had to sort of pick up uh Zellerion in that particular play trying to shift over but not trying to come over too fast not trying to leave the guy because it was out a and and Neal back I understand why he sort of soft played it the, he just missed up the one the one yeah. spot they missed up. He should he should have just <laughs> taken away the middle and allowed him to go to the line because Bond probably had the line covered a lot better than he would if he could cut it back and have, open up, open himself up. Yeah, that, that's one of those things where we don't want to sound like Jalen Neal apologists, you know, because he's someone who is a young player and we've built him up. And so, you know, Eric Savaleta makes a mistake. We grill him. Jalen Neal makes a mistake and we say, oh, it's OK. You know, it wasn't necessarily his fault. You know, he, he got beat there. He, oh, yeah. He, he, he got beat. But at the, the one thing I want to have in consideration, Lucas Zellerion has cooked a lot of defenders in MLS. So it's not like, you know, this was some, you know, person with no particular skill who just, you know, you let some bum, you know, beat you. This is a very skilled player who has beaten a lot of defenders 1v1 and, you know, one MLS Cup, you know, for his club. Like this, 
to get beat by that player, I don't know that there's a lot of shame in getting, you know, beaten 1v1 versus Zellerayam. He's he's upset, right? Like, Neil will be yeah. upset about that. It's tough, yeah. yeah you, that's, you, and he, he could have done better there. It is what it is. Absolutely, and you know what? That's the, When you have a young defense, Caligari got skinned on that one as well, right? He got caught too far up. He checks over his shoulder. He doesn't see where the line is, right? Even though he checks on his shoulder, he should know that the line is well behind him because it almost looked like he was trying to play an offside trap. Whenever Zellerion just poof, we're gone right behind him, he's like, oh, he's going to be offside. Oh, wait, there's two guys way back there. Um, and quite, quite honestly, with the danger that was approaching in that area, the correct answer there is to drop away. Zavaleta, if he realizes the danger he's actually in, is not to press up the line there, but actually to drop back. Caligari, same thing. It's not to press there because Caligari kind of got caught in between pressing and standing, and he stood and watched Zell around. Somebody said he did just run back from the corner, but he was able to establish himself in position before he it got run choice. by. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a choice. decision that yeah. he made, yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you look at those things again, this is a galaxy team that was trying to get to the second half and have it be zero, zero. That's not great. And that's not what you want to have happen. Uh, Greg Vanny talking about how, you know, it was a choice about whether or not he had a really big plan for this or not. Um, it was, it was interesting. He said, you know, I, I, he said something like I pained over this. I was thinking about how to rotate guys, how to give guys a break, a breather in order to get them ready for these, you know, next couple of games that we have. And, you know, it was, it, it was something that we had to try and try to rotate a little bit because we had to give a guy, guys some minutes. And if you look, the guys he does choose to play through the 90 minutes, basically are guys who are younger um, who don't have, you know, who, who he thinks, you know, he put in the Audi and the Caligari and the Jalen Neal, mm-hmm. right. And the Pooj in there. Right. And you, you put in Jovalich and you're like, you guys go out there and run your butts off because you'll be ready in two days. Whenever we play DC United, yeah. no problem. Right. You'll be ready for that. But the recovery he, time is different. Right. Tyler Boyd was questionable a couple games ago type of thing. So I imagine that he was one of those guys where it's sort of like, let's try to give him a break. Gaston Brugman, try to give him a little bit of break. Right. So you're trying to give these guys a blow and then you have to adjust and what happens in the second half is the galaxy come out with mark delgado is in there right and so all of a sudden they start controlling the midfield again the night and day difference really um when you look at like the shots that they took and and just their ability to be maybe just a little bit better was 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 really clear so you had two shots in the first half one was caligari one was jovalich uh and then you come into the second half where you made some changes jovalich gets a shot Puj gets a shot agiri gets a shot agiri should have scored um, that was yeah, that, that would have been nice for him to get that one. That was uh, that was a big, big chance for him. And I think he he should have had that one. Um, Aguirre should have scored. Um, you know, Mark, uh, Mark Delgado had a tight angle shot. Uh, Javier Hernandez had a couple chances in that second half. By the way, Javier uh, Chicha's struggling, just struggling. And I don't know if it's a service issue. We've seen that before. But it feels like it's more than that. It feels like he's not finding his way into the right spots at the right time. And he's not being able to collect. That could just be, you know, that could be something that clicks here soon, Eric, and it could just fall into place, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like Chicha's struggling to sort of keep pace right now. It feels like a, a Robbie Keane 2016, like, you know, it, it, you are thankful for what you've seen before, but maybe it's it's just not all the way there. You'll maybe get a few glimpses and a few flashes, but it's going to be fewer and further between. I, I feel like that's where we're at with Chicharito. To me, you know, in terms of Vanny's roster configuration and, and rotation, this would have been a game if you're going to give Chicha the rest or the night off, 
Give him the night all the way off. Bring in, you know, Preston Judd. Have him be your off to, uh, option off the bench. I know he wasn't even a, an option there. So that's um, that's interesting. By the way, we didn't get to ask yeah. about that. So I don't know if there's an injury there because it almost feels like maybe that would have been a guy you would bring in off the bench. But uh, twenty man roster and you only have so many. So yeah. there are going to be road, guys. It's a little bit different. Yeah, packed in some extra midfielders this time. Efrain Alvarez comes back into it. So maybe it's Alvarez and Judd or sort of the ones. I uh, I, I know you probably talked about Alvarez. Um, and I think you talked about uh, a little bit whenever I was gone trying to deal. Um, well, I'm sure you talked about Raheem Edwards as well, but you had guys who were sort of trying to prove themselves, right? Like, especially they were forcing it. They, yeah. Alvarez was outside of one ball that he played was atrocious. Um, and I don't know that there's, he looks to have gotten slower as the season has gone on. Um, he looks to be more out of shape, out of understanding about what he needs to do and how he needs to do it. Uh, I don't know that there's any saving his career at this point. And that's probably shocking to say for a kid who's so young, but you got to get him out of here. He's, he's got to go. You got to get rid of, you got probably got to move him. Yeah. He needs a change. The only hope he has of being a good soccer player or, you know, a high level soccer player for a very long time is to get him out of the, the, the camp here at LA. I don't know what else will do it. Um, but Alvarez cannot continue to be there. Yeah. I I don't want to just keep, you know, dancing on the Alvarez grave because we, we, we've hit that drum so many times. But one of the things that I did find almost comical was uh, in, in the first half, they mentioned what you get from Alvarez is the you know value that he brings on set pieces. And then he goes to a corner and it's a short, <laughs> the, the corner didn't make it into the box or the corner didn't go all the way to the end. Um, you, you know, you mentioned he did have one good ball and it kind of goes to that conversation that I was having about Chicharito. You're going to see those glimpse, glimpses. You know, he, he didn't, uh, you know, earn his way to the contract that he has or that, you know, his minutes on the team from not having any skill. You know, we have to look at it from that perspective as well. Like there, there's not a, a complete failure there. He has some skill and you're going to see that on display where it comes down to is the consistency. You're just not seeing that consistency from Alvarez on a day to day making it work. Yeah, there's our, our special guest. So consistency in terms of sleep, that's what Jake needs to get. Uh, coming up soon here, but um, you know, but Alvarez, that that's why you're you're seeing the same people kind of go after him over and over again. It's like, okay, when is it going to happen? When is it going to turn on? And at this point, I think it is fair to say the experiment is over. But you think about how many games we are into the season. We're 12 games into the season, so the experiment can't be over. It's kind of like our argument and our conversation that we've had about Douglas Costa. Can he contribute to the team? Uh, you know, can he be a valuable piece? To me. Excuse me. I feel like there's a uh, it, it's gone. It's not gonna. He's not gonna be able to to have it and bring it to you. But you're stuck with him for the season. So he's gonna play again. He's gonna start a game. He's gonna come in off the bench, and you're gonna hope that he's able to find some of that magic and make it happen. So that's the unfortunate thing. And I, again, I'll circle back to it. That's why is it, are we throwing the season away? If the, the Douglas Costa experiment is over, we still have to deal with it. The Efren Alvarez uh, experiment is over. We still have to, you know, push through it. Chicharito seems to be pretty much done in terms of being at his peak and being a goal scorer or, uh, you know, a golden boot leader uh, in MLS. So he's done. So that's three players, you know, that, who are basically throwing out the window. So, you know, I know. From, how, how do you how do you get excited about rooting from this team from week to week if there are players who were just already decided that we're done with? Yeah, it, it feels I mean, listen, I mean, Alvarez is more of a choice for, for Vanny at this point to whether he includes him. And he's been pretty clear that he's not including him in things. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Um, and, and we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, again, I thought the team played better in the second half whenever there were 
some subs that came in, and then there was the control, right? There was no control in the first half. Uh, I was uh, uh, Jalen Neal's mom. Yeah, go ahead. But I will say, even though it felt like there was no control, I felt like there were moments and opportunities to exploit it, and they didn't take advantage of those. So you're right. They did have more control. They did kind of slow things down. But it's a chicken or the egg type of thing, too. Did Columbus, you know, with the two-goal lead, concede some of that? And so, but but I, I did think there were opportunities in the first half, and I wasn't I wasn't that upset about the lineup. I was like, okay, if these guys can, you know, stick to the game plan and make things happen, there's possibilities. They just they didn't capitalize on it, and then they made mistakes on top of that. So it was it was a, a double whammy. Yeah, it, it, it there were a lot of mistakes. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: uh, uh, Jalen Neal's mom, uh, Sarah, was in our chat in our Discord, and she was like, Jalen was exhausted after the game. Well, yeah, because the Galaxy were chasing the ball around for most of the first half. Uh, the defense. And I said this and I asked this to Jonathan Bond after the game. I said, you know, look at this. This this is an offense that is struggling right now. The defense hasn't been great, but the offense has put the put the Galaxy defense in no position to succeed. And I said, you know, does the offense need to step it up? And he goes, oh, it's not really a defense versus an offense thing. Very much a team thing. I get that. But the LA Galaxy so far in 2023 have scored one goal on the road. One goal on the road. That is it. The entire History of 2023, one goal on the road. They scored it in the 35th minute of the very first game against Dallas, which means they've now gone 505 minutes of scoreless soccer on the road. And that will continue whenever they head to DC United. We'll get to continue to count that. This is the type of stat that means you're not winning any games on the road. The best you can hope for, and some that the Galaxy have accomplished this year, is the best you can hope for is possibly, possibly, getting a draw, right? And when we go and look at the LA Galaxy, who have been shut out five times this season, right? Um, two of those were 0-0 draws, okay? I believe both of those were on the road as well. Um, and, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking through the schedule here as well. When you turn, when you have that conversation, is this an offense thing or a defense thing? Uh, the offense hasn't scored in MLS play more than two goals in the game. So if you're saying, hey, the offense scored two goals or they scored three goals, the defense let us down, that's not what's happening here. Nope. You know, it's not, it's not like they're, they're going gangbusters and the defense is just they're It's their danger back there and, t- and giving up a ton of goals. The offense isn't lighting it up either. The highest tally that they've had in the short sample size, this first third of the season is three goals against Seattle. And that was against the Seattle Academy team essentially. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of MLS play, they haven't scored more than two goals. Correct. So, you know, you, you look at averages in the game, two goals, maybe that could be enough uh, to win you a game. But uh, you're gonna need you're gonna need both pieces to set. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I I I can sort of see yeah. that. Um, I, I know what you mean. You, you need both pieces to step up. And hey, listen, I get Jonathan Bond's thing. We're all one team here, right? We're all one team. We're all doing the same thing. The you know defense starts at the at the first forward, and offense starts with Jonathan Bond, right? You know, I get those sayings, but the the bottom line is, you know, we've talked about it. The Galaxy take poor. Poor ch- chances, right? Look at the expected goals on some of these, you know, 0. 0.07, 0. 0.05, 0. 0.06, 0. 0.02, the 8%, 2%, 8%, 2%, 5% chance of converting from where they're converting. Um, again, the one of the highest ones is probably Raheem Edwards on the 1v1, but it gets canceled out because they call it offside. They don't count that. Yeah, <laughs> they don't count. So there probably would have been a bump there, maybe a 0. 0.3 or a 0. 0.2 or, you know, maybe even a 0. 0.18, but it would have been a, probably a double digit where if you look at all the rest of the chances, none of those are double digit chances. Um, so they're not, they're not creating. And then to watch the second half where the galaxy do get that possession, they do control the game. They do have the possession that they want and they're able to move Columbus around a little bit. 
they have nothing to show for it. Um, zero. And again, yeah. that's an offensive thing for me because you had the you had the chances, you had the, the places. Aguirre, uh, you know, had, should have scored the one. We've talked about that one in the second half that should have been put away. Um, but you have those chances, and and you're not putting them away. And I asked Greg, you know, what needs to happen for the offense to sort of get going? And he's like, you know, we need to. He goes, it's not like there weren't chances. He was <laughs> he was sort of like us. Uh, I'll go back to Peter Vermees. Uh, I think it was in their Open Cup game where they got blown out or something like that. And he's like, we had chances. We should have scored five or six goals. He goes, I can't score the goals, right? And it was like <laughs> I almost I'm waiting for Greg to do that one here because when you look at the disparity, ten goals for. Uh, the LA Galaxy, 20 goals against. So two to one against the LA Galaxy uh, so far in 2023. When you look at that, that's yes. Fun fact. I think Peter Vermees is the first player to score against the Galaxy ever in the 96 opener for the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. He could have been. Look some, that up. Some fact, check fact check it. Fun time, but I, I think he's the first person to ever score on the LA Galaxy. Just that's, that's your fun fact of the day. Okay, good. If it's true, it's the fun fact of the day. We'll, we'll, <laughs> f- we'll find out here shortly. Um, so, so I look at this, I look at momentum charts, right? And this, and look, clearly it swings back in that second half, right? And that's where the galaxy should have capitalized and they didn't, the galaxy had more than enough, uh, more than enough chances to tie this game. Uh, they gave up too many chances, uh, in that first half in order to be down to nothing. I actually thought they were weathering the storm very well for a little while. I thought the defense didn't look panicked. Um, but then you give up a goal and that opens up the floodgates. Again, it's the same old thing that we talk about the galaxy is, they're going to get caught going forward once they give up a goal, right? And we've seen that throughout their history and certainly under Vanny and almost anybody else too, by the way, let's be very fair. But the LA Galaxy have only scored first in three games this year. All right, that's it. Yeah, um, that, that was a fun conversation I think we were having via text. It's like, what are the stats when the Galaxy score first? And it's like, it's such a small <laughs> sample size. You can't even really gather anything from it. You know, they, you have to score first a bunch of times to have stats dictate whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now, scoring second doesn't seem to be working for them. Four goals for the LA Galaxy, 13 goals against whenever uh, they allow the first goal. Whenever they score the first goal, currently five to four. Remember one of those goals, which we t- just talked about, was the Dallas goal, um, where they they scored the first goal, uh, and then they gave up three goals, and it was uh, a, a 3-1 uh, loss away at Dallas. So, um, listen, I am not... I'm not tapped out on this Galaxy team, uh, you know, and, and somebody did point out that's like, hey, you know, I said two points would be great on Monday. Like if you get two points out of this, great. But bottom line is if you just focus on one of these games and get, you know, really push and you come back with three points, three points is even better than two points, right? It's a so, successful business trip. It is, but, get, but, 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 but there's zero chance that you and I have any confidence that they're able to go into D.C. and beat them um, in D.C. In oh. fact, it hasn't happened in so long that I don't even know why you would suggest it. I was going to say, don't spoil the guaranteed to be wrong predictions, but I I think we know how that's going to go when we get to that portion of the show. We jinxed it last week. Maybe we'll jinx it again this week. Let's real quick. Let's go to the roster and talk a little bit about the roster. Obviously, the the numbers came out. We told you on Monday night that we sort of knew where the galaxy would be. Twenty three point four million dollars. We said we didn't think there would be any surprises. I don't think there are any surprises. The only thing everybody freaked out about was uh, Uri Rossell at five hundred thousand dollars. I think Efrain Alvarez now on a TAM contract. 
Um, and we knew already how much money he was making. That's not a surprise. So I don't think anybody was surprised by it. It's just when you see it, you get angry again. Um, those types of things. Uh, Sega at 500 is not really a surprise. Douglas Costa 4.5, I think is relatively under. We all knew that. Uh, Ricky Pooj got a little bit of a bump up to 1.7 uh, maxed or 1.65 for the base, base salary, which is max TAM. Um, so we've kind of figured that that might be the case that he would get boosted up to max TAM. Um, even though he's a designated player, um, which means at any point the LA Galaxy could bring in a designated player and bump Ricky Pooj back down if they wanted to, except that they then have to deal with the U22 ramifications of that as well. Efrain Alvarez is a, was a U22 player, not anymore. Now he's out at TAM. So you look at the U22 players the Galaxy have, and probably I think some of the more successful U22 trades in all of Major League Soccer uh, with Aude, with Caligari, and with Jovalich. Those are uh, If you're trying to use the U22 uh, mechanism to really boost yourself, having those guys is probably a pretty good... I don't know that anybody else in all of Major League Soccer has three U22 players that are as good as what the LA Galaxy currently have. And I think they really hit using those on defense as well, being able to spend the extra cash and getting some quality guys who maybe are here for the next you know three years, four years, that type of thing. Um, so, you yeah. know... It's it's one of those. Is there anything on here that surprised you? There's a, any big ones? Nothing nothing that surprised me. The Alvarez bump that he got was surprising because we knew um, that that was going to to affect it. But nothing really, nothing is surprising to me. I, I feel like this uh, was right in line. It did pop up with Uri Russell uh, making 500000 That was a, a topic of conversation uh, as a bench player. But then the Galaxy came out and corrected that. The the, the funny thing that I found out about, about that is – Whenever these get released, we're, we're told not to take them seriously because it's not all the way true. Uh, but if there's a lot of people complaining about it, they'll come out and tell you when it's wrong. But when there's a lot of people complaining about Douglas Costa or Efren Alvarez, they're not going to tell you th- those are wrong either. Yeah. So some of the, so you, you can't say that it's all bad or it's all good. Yeah, of course, there's going to be some mistakes and those things will be clarified. Um, but but the, the ones that I think really make a big dent uh, to me, it's Efren Alvarez. Uh, is the one that sticks out the most. And then yeah. Uri Russell, even though the Galaxy aren't necessarily on the hook for what he I th- is supposed I think, to bring to the team, think, that's a that's a hefty salary. Yeah, I think 86 is, 85, 86 is what they're actually responsible for in supporting Kansas City, paying the rest of that um, for that. Uh, Mavinga at 452. Uh, as somebody asked, what about Mauricio Cuevas down here at zero? They didn't list him um, in the thing. Whatever For whatever reason, he's, his salary didn't hit whenever they... Um, whenever they had after, yeah, it may have been after this was April 30th. Right. And so it should have, it should have still hit, but for whatever reason there wasn't. So the galaxy is still missing one player as far as I could tell. And I looked trying to find Cuevas and, and all sorts of stuff on the, on the website. So, um, galaxy at 23.4 million, that puts them in second highest paying, uh, paid, uh, payroll. Uh, the highest is Toronto FC, and they're up a significant amount actually from that. So I think twenty six, twenty seven million dollars, if I'm if I'm correct. So um, all those Italians, Italians are expensive. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Um, so anyway, that's that's sort of the roster. Again, nothing surprising here. Uh, there's some dead contracts here. Costa four point five. That's a dead contract. Um, Efrain Alvarez at the seven six six. That's and that's guaranteed salaries at six sixty uh, for the base salary. Um, Dayan Jovalich was, I think, expected with the U22 um, and where he's at. Uh, Lucas Caligari is there. You know, Martin uh, Caceres, I have no problem. Jonathan Bond, I think we all knew that he was right around there. Again, none of these, I think, are any sort of surprise, except maybe uh, I know that Johnny Perez, right? And looking at Jonathan Perez, uh, 250 or 283 uh, for a guy who's not playing uh, on the first team and Jalen Neal out here. 
125. Don't worry, they all talk about this in the locker room. So everybody everybody <laughs> will know, right? They're, they're sort of I was like, oh. Say, you know, if we can get an agent online, I think there's going to be some renegotiations if we're, if we're Jalen Neal yeah. in, those, in the uh, upcoming season. I guess the other thing I guess you could say is Jonathan Klingsman at, at 200 as a backup keeper, yeah. um, the expectation. But when you look at the big picture, um, you know, in league-wide, that, that, you know, it's not, if you're going, you're going to complain, you can, but I, I don't know that it's worth your time if you're doing so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's power through some of these other ones. Uh, total DP minutes, I'm keeping very close track of this. So 49.6% of the total available minutes is what the DPs this year have played. Now, I added another chart because I was like, well, how does that compare with other years the LA Galaxy have had? Oh, well, thanks for asking. Um, so whenever <laughs> I feel we like this is a conversation every year when we, we keep doing this, I know, I know it is, it is one of those things. Uh, so 50.7% uh, was the average in 2018, 59.2 in 2019, 57.9, 62.9, 62.1, and then 49.6. So when you look uh, under Greg Vanny at 62.9 or 62.1, uh, the 49.6 is a significant departure from what it had been previously in some of these things. So, uh, let's see, I think I. I have a little munchkin in my room again, so I will let the, you take the, over some some of this. You wanna you wanna talk about yeah, that chart? The, Go ahead. The, the the irony of the percentage of players uh, with the DP minutes that the player who has probably played the most DP minutes uh, over the course uh, of this chart was Latan Ibrahimovic at 38 years old, coming off knee surgery. He was not the injury concern or, or kind of staying on the field. He did have his injury concerns and his red card issues and things like that, but comparatively to the amount of time. The players like Giovanni Dos Santos, Roman Alessandrini, Chicharito, Douglas Costa, the amount of time that they've missed pales in comparison to what uh, you know Zlatan gave us. So it's, it's just kind of it's crazy looking back in these recent years, and it just gives uh, more credence uh, to, to the Klein out crowd. You look at this is over. You've overseen this, uh, you know, through various general managers, through various coaches, and the players that keep getting brought in just can't make it onto the field. That, that's a pretty strong indictment in terms of the front office making these decisions. I'm going to circle back to the beginning because I think Josh missed a little bit of a super chat in the beginning. So at the very beginning of the show, we did have a, a super chat from Gary. So big shout out to Gary. He said, can't make it today, but wanted to support the show. Thank you guys for everything. I will listen on Spotify later. Hit that like button. So I will co-sign what Gary is saying and hitting that like button uh, if you haven't already done so. And, uh, you know, you'll hear this later on uh, on Spotify. So I appreciate you, Gary. So good times in terms of uh, <laughs> of uh, the amount of DP players. So you can tell that I'm not used to leading the show as Josh is in here. So I'll kind of circle through the chat uh, and see see how we're fleeing, seeing. It seems like there's a lot of people backing up that, um, you know, the Klein error in a nutshell is basically what's being summed up by this DP on the field situation and a lot of the front egg uh, front office uh, situation, you know, another uh, Pottermus in the chat say couldn't win an egg cup, so that kind of goes right in line with the wooden spoon. So we have our wooden spoon in our egg uh, comparison there. So good times all the way through. Um, going back to the salaries, I think the one thing that we were mentioning is Douglas Costa making 4.5 million in terms of compared around the league. You know, looking at the players and DPS and uh, you know who who is it that kind of makes a comparable salary on where you can get um, players kind of making those contributions. You look at Luis Araujo over at Atlanta United. He kind of had a big game yesterday. He's at 4.4. So if you can get a player like that, would you be happy with that? Christian Benteke at DC United, we're going to talk about him when we get to the preview. Um, would you like to have a forward like him instead of Chicharito at 4.4 million 
Joseph Martinez. He's someone who's coming off the bench for Miami. Uh, he's at 4.3 million. Lucas Zellerayan, he's at 3.8 million. So that's really where the Douglas Costa contract and DP um, salary really hurts because when you look at his salary in comparison to the people around the league and what they contribute, that's really where it's it really stings because you do that comparison. If the Galaxy could have had this person instead of Douglas Costa, how much better off would they be? If they could have someone like Lucas Zellerayan, you'd be better off. Someone like Carlos Hill in New England, he's making 3.5. That's that's a win. Nico Lodero, 3.2. So they just keep Andy Mukhtar, reigning MVP, 3.1. So, you know, I could keep uh, rattling off names here, but you just see, um, you know, how big of a difference in the chasm is from the level of players that we're able to bring in. So I'm going to circle through the chat. <laughs> still here. It looks like I'm still uh, driving the ship here. So we're seeing... Uh, you know, sell costs in the summer. I don't see that happening. Uh, again, we know where we are. We are um, in this situation. How would I spend 23 million on the team? Uh, again, probably give myself a nice salary as the head coach, and then all league minimums would be my uh, solution to all that if I was in charge here. But then again, that would get me fired fairly quickly. So I, they wouldn't have a lot of boycott situations uh, on my hands. So we have people who are willing to buy Costa for $17. So a lot of a lot of fun things going on in the chat so while we wait for josh to uh, come back uh, some of, or he's back is he back uh, I, I don't i, I, don't, I don't know think I, I don't think for, i don't think for how long you. i don't think for how long <laughs> i don't know how long we're gonna make this uh let's go to just jump to the dc game because we want to get through right. this and if we have to end a little bit early i apologize but uh we're having a minor meltdown today so uh la galaxy dc united coming up on uh saturday may 20th at 4 30 p.m is your tv start time 4 39 p.m is your kickoff time audi field in washington dc uh very interesting two teams did you have a uh, dramatic game preview that you wanted to do i do not i'm unlimited resources good. on the okay. road here okay yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> I, you know what quite honestly good because i'm like i don't think we've got time for that um okay. let's see i wanted to go to i have I'd, a document yes Add one more vamp. I'll keep vamping if you need to, to do a little thing. We did have some news and updates today about uh, MLS coming to San Diego. So San Diego was announced that they are going to be the um, 30th franchise uh, in MLS. So, again, that's uh, to me, it's, it's a potentially damaging hit uh, to the LA Galaxy because of the fan base and the market that we're in. Uh, Southern California, obviously, you see with the market and it being a hotbed for what it is. If you live in or near San Diego – Right now, why would you choose to support the LA Galaxy? I know we have listeners who are in the San Diego area, a lot of San Diego uh, Galaxy fans. But you think about at the time that the league was taking place, San Diego did not have a professional team. The Galaxy are on top of the world. So let's take the two-hour drive, two-and-a-half-hour drive, head up to you know Dignity Health Sports Park and check out some professional soccer, check out the Galaxy. Right now, even with the addition of the San Diego Loyal, you're seeing people – uh, you know, gravitate towards that, even though it's USL, it's hometown, supporting local soccer, all of the pieces for that. So now you get a professional team. If you're on the fence at all, you're jumping into that local team and supporting the local, uh, you know, the local MLS club there. And if you were formerly an LA Galaxy fan, you know, they always have that adage, you know, you can change your wife, you can change your wardrobe, but you can't change your club. But I don't know that I'd fault someone if their kind of mission statement, and I kind of fall into this regard, is supporting local soccer. And if they live in San Diego, you know, getting behind the San Diego MLS team. So I think while this is possibly good for the growth of the league and we'll see maybe overexpansion being an issue in the future, this is definitely could be a potentially damaging hit 
to the LA Galaxy in terms of getting a market share of a fan base and kind of growing their their brand and their culture. Yeah, I'm sure you talked about the San Diego Galaxy fans who who routinely uh, yeah. have watch parties and all that fun stuff. So uh, that's where we're at. All right. Um, by the way, I see. Okay, I'm not going to pick on this person, but they're like only true fans will stick with the Galaxy. If you're a new fan, why would you support the? Listen, that has nothing to do with it either. Like, if I'm a San Diego person and I have to travel all the way up because the Galaxy were the closest one. Uh, if you're telling me I could now support San Diego and it takes me 10 minutes to drive to the stadium, I'm supporting San Diego. Um, I well, always said if I move somewhere, I might do corner of somewhere else, right? I mean, the bottom line <laughs> is I'm addicted to soccer and I want that. Um, but, you know, and, yeah. And if it's a good product, because uh, when the Galaxy are playing well, it's worth the drive to go out there. You know, I have there are a lot of people and maybe things are a little bit different now. But I was when I was a little bit younger, a trip to Tijuana was a good was a good time. When That's right. It, when the entertainment is there. That's right. It's worth the drive. And, you know, especially if you have some friends who go to, you know, are in, going to college in, in San Diego. That's a nice little trip or used to be a nice little trip across the way there. Same thing with Cholos uh, of Tijuana. You know, you have the Mexican Baseball League that's down there. There's a lot of people who make that trip because it's entertaining. Yeah. So if the LA Galaxy are entertaining and they are doing well, you can compete for the market there. So right now, they're, they're just not in the mix. Corner of the San Diego FC. I said I would drive the train down there. I think people thought I was defecting. I just meant whenever the Galaxy play, I'll take the train down to San Diego to, to watch. And by the way, I won't do that either because it won't run on the schedule that I need. So that's not happening. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, okay. This, this game, uh, DC United, uh, LA Galaxy, DC United coming up uh, in DC United at Audi Field. Uh, I, again, some some interesting teams here. Uh, the Galaxy 2, 7, and 3, 9 points. I'm showing you my cheat sheet, by the way. Uh, I had it and I printed it out, but I sometimes take a picture of it just in case uh, I forget that and I forgot that. It's downstairs. Um, so the LA Galaxy 2, 7, and 3, 9 points, 12 games played. DC United five, 4, 5, and 4, 16 points, 13 games played. Uh, if you look at the a road record for the Galaxy 0, 4, and 2, home record, for DC United, two, two, and two. Not great, not perfect. Okay. Uh, all time between these two teams, 2017 and 11, uh, with the LA Galaxy in the lead on that. Last five games, Galaxy have six points. Last five games for DC, eight points. Uh, if we're talking about streaks and everything else, six, six losses in their last eight games, a lot more than that whenever you actually want to for the LA Galaxy, but I decided to make it into that stat. Um, the <laughs> DC United has one loss in their last six, but they're winless in their last three. Go figure that one out. That sounds like one of those word problems where two trains leave, you know? Um, <laughs> You're speaking my language. That's math curriculum right okay. there. Yeah, that's, okay. a, that's a three-step word problem. Okay, good. Uh, Dayan Jovalic is your leading goal scorer, and then uh, Christian Benteke, has been very, very good for DC United. He's going to be a monster. Jalen Neal, uh, Martin Caceres are going to have their hands full uh, with that. He's got five goals, um, but a very big body in there. Um, and uh, and and then you have Klitsch as well, and Klitsch is also yeah. at five assists there. So uh, Tyler Miller yeah, coming back for goal, goalkeeper as well, so I want to touch on that. Um, and then um, DC is unbeaten in the last five home matches against the Galaxy, 2-0-3, and, and the last road win for L.A., in DC was in July of 2010. Uh, just giving you a heads up on yeah. that particular one. That that's one of those on on the on the game preview screen that really hurt. Unbeaten in the last five home matches, DC is unbeaten. Uh, they haven't won since you know 2010. So that's 13 years without a win at DC United. You also are having a D, uh, Derek Williams commercial underground. Make sure to send that. Uh, we get a Derek Williams reunion. So we know what happened so far. We had our Cabral reunion. We saw how that ended up. We have our Derek Williams reunion. So uh, hopefully everyone kind of keeps their limb, limb and limbs intact. Uh, Taxi Fontes is another player 
that DC United have who's going to be one to watch. You mentioned Klitsch. He leads the team with five assists. So right. b- between Benteke, Fantas, and Klitsch, you know, these are players that the, the Galaxy are going to have their hands full. So is the defense going to be able to stop them from scoring? Probably not. So it's the offense's turn to kick it on, and we, we've, saw, we've seen how that's gone so far. So kind of bad news all the way around. I, I was, uh, if we go to... I was going to say that it. it looks like uh, Taxi, by the way, is injured right now, and they're expecting him back mid-June. So that's something. It looks like DC United has half their roster that is like injured, and at the same time, they've been playing better under Wayne Rooney. Um, so I wouldn't expect that uh, there's a huge downgrade in terms of uh, what they're doing and, and how they've been playing. So uh, they just came off a 0-0 draw, which was interesting. 0-0 draw with the Philadelphia Union. Um, and that's, we all know, Philadelphia, a fairly good team. Uh, they went to Philly and they held them 0-0 in that game, which uh, I think they might have even outshot Philadelphia in the game. Um, so, they look, yeah. From the highlights, they look to be the better of the team. Philly doesn't seem to be... Uh, on the same pace that they were last season, there were a lot of you know preseason darlings from from MLS talking heads that Phil- this was going to be Philadelphia's year, and they haven't seemed to fire in all cylinders. But that's not to say that's that's not a good team and a quality point that DC was able to do to go on the road and, and get a point there. You re- are you ready for five thirty eight? Five thirty eight. Tell me what five thirty eight has to say. Five thirty eight has DC United with a forty six percent chance to win, yeah. and then the LA Galaxy with a twenty eight percent chance to win. So heavily favoring. Uh, DC United, if we're thinking about, we've been bashing 538. Last week, they went 7 out of 13, so 50, 54%. More they're than, trending yeah. at, yeah, they're, they're peaking at the right time. They're trending <laughs> in the right direction, uh, but, you know, not in the Galaxy's favor, so kind of an unfortunate thing. If you look to the Bovada odds, you have uh, DC United at plus 110, the Galaxy at plus 230. Right. I'd stay away. Don't bet on this game. Go find <laughs> another this game one to on. bet on. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I wouldn't feel good about either direction betting money on that. So that's those are that's your uh, your odds for this week. I'm excited to watch the game at Audi Field in terms of watching it on TV because I won't be there, but inside, excited to sort of see how that plays out. That looks like a, I've driven by that stadium in D.C. and it absolutely looks like a place that would be so much fun to go see a game. So uh, if there's any Galaxy fans going out there, uh, Eric, your predictions uh, guaranteed to be wrong predictions. Uh, I like pe- how people get on us when we're like, what, <laughs> how could anybody predict what this team is going to do outside of I'll say they're going to lose two nothing. Ha ha. Yeah, well, well, people got, got upset with us, but then they're happy with us because they like shoving in our face when we're wrong. So you're saying a 2-0 loss. I'm with you. I'm not expecting the Galaxy to score, you know, tons of goals. that Prove me wrong. Prove me otherwise. I'm expecting like a 3-0. I'm seeing Benteke on a tired LA Galaxy defense with squad rotation. I'm seeing him get some goals. Right. Um, so so I, I can see this being a 3-0 game. All right. Uh, super chat, $2 super chat from Angelino818. Uh, shout out for the Galaxy making the AAPI merch. Uh, pretty cool. Have, have you seen any of that? I don't even know that I've, I've, I've been seen some of the collabor- okay. yeah, some of the collaborations that they're doing and they're posting about it. You know, that's that's what it's all about this month. And so big, big shout out. That's, you know, all, all of the, the jerseys, the collaborations from that perspective, <laughs> the, the Galaxy are doing a good job in that regard. Right. Roster construction. Right. <laughs> front office staff. Yep. Not exactly setting the world on fire, but a shout out to to the marketing team and the social media team and these collaborations that they're putting in place that I, I, I feel strongly and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that the galaxy is getting that part right. Yeah. SD Galaxy fans in the chat room, by the way, speaking of San Diego watch parties, come join us for the game on Saturday. We'll be at Rip Current Brewing in North Park. There you go. So if you're going down there, San Diego. by the way, galaxy fans in the chat. Perfect time. So by the way, San Diego has some of the best food. I in like all of California. Every time I go down there, I find an unbelievable place. That's where I got introduced to uh, the deviled eggs with the chicken nuggets in them. 
Um, and you're like, wow, you're that like, is a, that is a like, wild really? card. I'm just, I did I'm, not think that was going to be what you said when you talk about San Diego delicacies. No, no, I'm, I am t- the deviled eggs, chicken nuggets inside the deviled egg. Like they stick it on top of the deviled egg and you eat all the thing together. I'm going to tell you right now that ever since we had, my wife and I had the chicken nugget deviled eggs, all of our deviled eggs must have chicken nuggets in them. That's how mind shattering it is. Um, so definitely you should go out there and try to find those. If you, again, I can't remember the name of it. It was like the deck or something like that. It wasn't the deck. It was something else. Um, <laughs> but it was like a gastro pub. It was a smaller place. And we went to the guy and he's like, you got to try the double eggs with chicken nuggets. I'm like, really? And he's like, really? And then we had him. We're like, oh, yeah. we're going to need two more orders of that. Keep, keep them coming until we tell yeah. you to stop. If you would have told me devil bread with chicken nuggets, I would have said, yeah, keep bringing them. We'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um, that's cer- certainly what it is. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it for now. Um, I think that's good. You're, I, you're, you're, you're a busy, busy dad. You're dadding hard right now. If, so. if, if I would have known that he would have, he would just sit here and be quiet, then we would have done this from the very beginning. Uh, I think that might've been, might've been the best answer, but, um, I was, I was pretty certain that this wouldn't happen. So, uh, anyway, LA galaxy playing against DC United coming up on Saturday like game. Internet's cutting out. Yeah, it is. You are, huh. you're, you're in and out, uh, 4 30 PM. <laughs> what a show. What a show. <laughs> 4 30 PM, 4 39 PM. Again, that's 7 30, 7 30. The big thing here is that the Galaxy play on Saturday. They'll have Sunday, Monday, and then they play at LAFC on Tuesday. I'll tell you right now, I have no idea how Greg Vanny is setting up his team in order to uh, in order to to look at the U.S. Open Cup in this particular case. Um, it's just really, really interesting to see. I would not be surprised either way that either it's a first team lineup or it's not a first team lineup. I have no no sense of how that's going right now. So, anyway, that's uh, that's what it's all sort of set up, and uh, we'll be there to watch MLS Season Pass on Apple TV is where you can find it. No free game this time in case you want to complain whiny whiny galaxy fan oh, i can't watch the games they even have a free month again like you can get another free month just go sign up um so that's there as well all right anything else no i i i think you nailed it i, I okay. think we're we're good to move on there okay good uh then why don't they why don't you tell people where they can find you we'll get on out of here let's go Shout out to the current Wooden Spoon LA Galaxy, and this is as the current Wooden Spoon episode for Corner of the Galaxy. So you can find me on all the social media platforms at HammerEV9. That's HammerEV and the number nine on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gesswin, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to Corner of the Galaxy once I get it fixed. Uh, and you can find cornerofthegalaxy.com, all that fun stuff. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, any place you can find us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, $2 Super Chat from Tim. You're killing it, Josh. Hammer, you rock. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate you. All right. For Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Beer, I'm Josh Pato Gesswin. This is Little Jake. We hope that you have had a wonderful, wonderful day, and we will catch you on Monday after this weekend game. Right, have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.